Beaver, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Oh, it's good to have you. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that last time we spoke on the show, uh, you hadn't yet had, had your baby. If it was before the middle of August, that would have been true. I can't imagine I would have had time to have come on the show with a, a newborn. I think you're probably right. Yeah, well, congrats. How's it all going? Thank you very much. Yeah, pretty good. Um, I'm exhausted all the time. <laughs> and today, for the first time, I went back to the office today. It was my second day back in the office. And um, I had a glass of wine at lunch. And I feel like I've been drugged by sleeping pills. <laughs> Great. So you're full of energy for the pod. Well, I'm probably usually, I usually have too much energy when I come on here, so I'm going to be just right today. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's a very exciting day. It's Teamless Tuesday. Uh, we're recording at five o'clock, about an hour after the teams team lists have dropped. Uh, we're going to get straight into it. As usual, there's been um, a few kind of bombs that have been dropped that we, you know, didn't think about all off season. So it's going to be very interesting to get into that. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about any insights from the last week of trials because we haven't done a pod since then and we'll kind of go through uh, team implications, I guess, as we go. So let's get started. Um, so the first game uh, is the Penrith and Sea Eagles game and the big news out of this team list is that Nathan Cleary hasn't been named and apparently he's going to be out for the first three rounds. That is big news. I think a lot of draft teams would have had Cleary. Yep, yep. So... Who are you picking at halfback? <laughs> um, I know your thoughts on this. <laughs> I look. I'm I'm pretty tempted by Mitchell Moses, and I need to explain why. In your first episode, you suggested that the scores are likely to be lower this year. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, but I'm picking my team, assuming that you're right. And when I look at the halves, and this is 5'8 as well, I just don't see any value at all. I saw enough value in Cleary because I would captain him occasionally, and I think the equation's different when you captain someone. Yep. But after Cleary, I just can't see any value. So my plan is to start with two relatively average mid-range halves, and I just want them to hold value while everybody's dropping value. So Cody Walker, for example... Easy game early up, then he's got a couple of tough ones, and then if I can upgrade, you know, my mid-range 5.8 to Cody Walker, for example, in round four or five, then that's 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 my plan. So Moses, he's got a tough round three game against the Storm, but otherwise they've got a pretty good early run. I just want him to hold value whilst others are dropping. Yeah, look, I'm I sort of get that. Like I don't see that much. Like, I think because Moses was in a top four team last year and he's a goal kicker and there was all those points that he could be one of those candidates for regression. But they do have that pretty good draw early on. I think that game three against the Storm puts me off a little bit because that's like right in the middle of where you want him to be making money if you want him to trade him up to Cleary or Cody Walker, as you say. So that does put me off a little bit. Um, I'm the same. I'm like trying to pick someone that I feel like won't lose too much value. And I'm pretty yeah. big on Nico Hines now. I know I, I, I think maybe in the first pot I talked him down a little bit, but I think I'm going with Nico just because if he drops value, I don't think he's going to drop a lot. His his draw is also pretty good. And I just think, like, put it this way, he's looked, I mean, you, you probably don't watch the trials and we'll get to that, but 
he's looked very comfortable, more comfortable than I thought he would in the trials. Um, yeah, and you're assuming that. he's the man, I imagine. I'm assuming he's the man. We know he's got the goal kicking, um, and he's just one of those halfbacks that's gonna like he's gonna run a lot. And he's gonna he's gonna break some tackles. He's gonna get some offloads. A bit like a bit like Cleary in a way. Like he's he's gonna fill the stat sheet a bit. So I'm sort of oh, hoping. So base, yeah. Base plus base plus goal kicking of about 45, and anything on top of that. Exactly. Is pretty close to holding. Value. So you get yeah, one get one attacking stat a game, and then suddenly you're in 70s range. Yeah. So with Moses, I'm I get what you're saying about regression. I guess I just need him to regress less than everyone else. Yeah. Look, he could start pretty well. Um my other like the thing about him was like even when they went really well, he was like he had a couple of games that were around that 100 mark, but he never went like 150. No, there were no massive scores. I noticed that as well. There were very few tiny ones though as well. Um, the other option that I'm sort of interested in at a halfback is Sam Walker, and I guess we'll get to this when we look at the Roosters team, but um, there's been some weird discussion about maybe he's going to get the goal kicking, even though Momorowski's been named at the wing and seems like a much better goal kicker than him. Um, that just tells me Momorowski's not playing for very long. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Um, I mean, he's not a very good goal kicker, but, you know, he kicked at something like 50% last year, so... You know, maybe that's an eight-point bump for him or something. If he gets better yeah. at goal kicking, maybe it's more. Um... Well, Sam Walker might be the type of guy I would switch Moses out to. So Moses has got that easy run. I mentioned Cody Walker in my example, but he's in the wrong position. Mm. It... Sam Walker's draw opens up. Yeah, hundred percent. The issue with Sam Walker is he's literally never played a game with Luke Kiry. So no. I think you need to have a look at how that that will work. I don't necessarily think it's going to hurt him, but I don't know that until I see them play. So I'm inclined to just have a look at Sam Walker. Their draw gets really good in about round four. So, yeah. you know, if if for some reason Hines isn't looking that good, I can easily downgrade to, to Sam Walker at that point. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I want to start with him. I think it's a little too risky. And he's got, because he's got a couple of hard games, last year his scores when he had hard hard games were pretty low. Um, he stank. I, um, I held him, I think, longer than most people last year. And, um, yeah, if you pick the games right, you were doing well. But once the squad started to thin out and you kind of had to play him every week, he wasn't that reliable. No, no. But, but in those games where they have good draws, like where they have good games, he, uh, he's got a big ceiling. So he's one to target when they have that run from round four on. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Kiri, what, has he won two premierships? He's the senior half. Is he going to be that excited by putting 40 points off on, on some team that's struggling? Sam Walker, I think, will be. He's still a kid. You know, how good is this? I'm tearing I'm tearing it up in the NRL. I've just, you know, I'm putting tries on everywhere. I've scored by myself. So, flat track bully. It's great for super coach. Could be. Yeah, it could be. And he looked pretty sharp in the trials that I saw before he got knocked out. Um, so, back to Penrith. Um, so, the other news there is Charlie Staines gets the wing spot um, ahead of some cheaper guys that were in the mix, like... Um, like Jennings and mm-hmm. um, Taylor May, for example, so it basically kills kills those options. Uh, Targo did get the centre spot, which is like he's a pretty much a no brainer cheapie. I think I think he'd be pretty high on the list of cheapies that you should get into your team playing centre. I think the dual position, the dual position for me makes him a no brainer. I'm not sure. I mean, he's playing for a very good side. Um, I just I, find, I struggle to get excited by centers. Yeah, I know you do, and and I do too. But he's got 
he's got a pretty super coach friendly game for what I've seen. Like loves to tackle bust, gets pretty involved. You know, he should be good for thirty five plus every week, I would have thought. Um and as and I said, never a good side. Yeah, and you know, he's he's gonna save your trade eventually with his second row status. Okay, apart from that, I don't think there's anything too interesting in the Penrith side. I think everything else is pretty much as we expected. Eisenhuth's got the last bench bench spot, but that's kind of that's kind of nothing. Um, anything else you want to talk about there? Mm, there'll be a few people interested in Liam Martin, but doesn't excite me. And you know, Toal is you know a decent shout for those expensive wingers. I think even with the um, Predicted lower scoring. He didn't score that many tries last year. Yeah, I mean, just for this game, we should we should mention it's been played in Penrith on Thursday night. Currently, Sydney's basically underwater. So I don't know how much that affects your decision on like a you know someone that's going to be a season long keeper like Brian Dottle, but um, yeah, that could be a very dour kind of game. Probably affects another guy we're going to talk about in a minute more than more than someone like Brian Dottle. The the good thing for Brian Dottle is that Staines is still on the other wing. Because we know that Absolutely. Brian Dotor drinks drinks his milkshake. Um, you know, Staines just does no work and Dotor takes all the work. So if you were thinking about Toho, I think the Staines thing news makes you happy. If it had been someone like Taylor May or even Jennings, I think they would have eaten into his base stats a little bit and that that would have been enough to, to put me off. But look, if you want to go big in the centre wing, and he's a pretty reliable scorer. I, I must say, I, I actually, in that Parramatta trial, he didn't look good. So I don't know if that puts you off, but I, I didn't like what I saw there. He, he actually wasn't busting tackles anywhere near as much as he was last year. Maybe it was just one game, but he looked like he'd he come married? back a little bit. I know he proposed at the end of the final. Did he get married in the off-season? And <laughs> maybe he's, yeah, he's well, living a good life. The thing about the Penrith team in general, and I've said this a few times on the pod, Last year, they were so hungry for that premiership, right? Like, they tasted, you know, a grand final, lost, come back, and you could just see it in their eyes. They were, they were hungry. They were ready. And and I do feel like there's going to be a grand final hangover for them. So I'm a little bit – I would be a little bit worried for that reason about any of these Penrith players. That they're just not quite not quite where they were at the beginning of last year. Yep. Yep. I get it. All right. Let's move on to the Seagulls. Um, so in terms of like interesting team news, the, the team is more or less as we thought it would be. The only thing is that Olakawatu actually got named and we thought that he might be a few weeks away because he'd basically done something to his arm. Um, but he's, he's been named straight away and, and Bullimore did get that number 12 spot. Um, I guess the only other thing is that, that Kula, who a lot of people have as like a smoky cheapy in the backs, has been named at 14 which probably kills him as an option. Yeah. I think a few people will still carry him, but it's probably more people that are just, you know, acknowledging that he might, you know, play fullback over Origin. I know it was Garrick last year, but, you know, buyer beware. If you want to pull the loophole, he could squeeze out six points. That's the thing. Like, if you, and if you do get, like, a, you know, a last-minute withdrawal from COVID and you can't, fix it or something, he could be your five-point guy. So that might hurt. So I'd, I'd be... I wouldn't be starting with him, given that he's in that 14. Um, a lot of people were looking at Ola Kawatu earlier in the, the 
preseason any interest in him? Yeah, but there's just... I mean, with Cleary out, I've just got so much money now. Um, I, just, I just don't think I'm in the market for, for someone at his price. Kind of mid-range, yeah. Yeah. What about Bullimore? So I think... So Bullimore for me is... The trade boost means he's my second prop. If there was no trade boost, I'd probably let him go. Because you think it'll be easier to like to get rid of him, basically? Yeah, at some point... You know, whenever Schuster comes back, he's going to all of a sudden suck. And I can just, you know, well, look, I might have a lot of fires to put out that week. But if things aren't going too badly, I should just be able to take stock and, you know, replace him that round. If I told you there was a 50% chance of Schuster coming back in round three, would you still buy him? Probably. Yeah, okay. I just, I mean... I'm struggling. I talked about the halves. I'm, I'm struggling at prop as well. Haas feels undervalued. Um, Papali, I just, I don't know. I just can't justify the cost. And then everyone, everyone, you know, the next sort of 10 down, I just can't get excited about. So I want to go cheap. JTB, we'll talk about later, I guess. Can't really get excited about him. You know, if Bullimore can score a try in those, well, the first two weeks, that's interesting. Round three is interesting because it's the two tough games with the first one possibly underwater. He's very unlikely to score a try in those two games. Um, yeah. Yeah, look. But, I mean, is he, like, I'm, I'm sort of with you. So uh, this is probably the, the one decision that I'm finding very difficult. So I've got, I've had a Adam Penel Blake penciled in, in in a lot of my team builds um, as my second prop with Haas in the first prop spot. spot. I think Haas is a no-brainer. I, I think he's a great pick. I think everyone should have him. He looks like he's going to be a beast. AFB, like, he's be, he's very popular. A lot of people have got him in their team. I kind of get it. Like, he looks very fit in, in the trials. He looks very good. He he looks like he's, you know, I can't see him not playing 55 to 60 minutes. Um, He only scored one try last year, and they've got that good draw early on, so maybe, maybe he can fall over the line a couple of times. But he's still a prop, and... You're not, like, I don't think anyone wants to bet on a prop scoring tries. And if he doesn't, I still see him being around that sort of 55 to 60 average, maybe low 60s if he doesn't get any attacking stats, which is nothing to kind of write home about, right? Whereas... Yeah, I think, I think I'd think i be hoping he throws four to five offloads a game. That's what I'd be hoping on. Yeah, but it, there's nothing to suggest he sort of will. Like, he's never really no, done that no. in the past. It's just pedigree. It's just pedigree. Um, So, yeah... Like, I'm not convinced that AFB is that underpriced, is, is kind of what I'm getting at. Like, maybe he's five points underpriced or something like that. Um, yeah. And then who else? You know, there's Stefano. I'm, I'm not particularly excited about him. Um, the guy that actually really impressed me in the trials is Luke Thompson. Oh, yeah. He just looked like an absolute beast. No one's talking about him. Um, he... he he bumped off about three or four tackles in the runs that I saw. He was really involved and made three offloads in like half of in the first half that he was on in that in that game against the Sharks. But he's expensive. He's like almost as much as Haas. He'd be a, he'd be a nice little pod, but yeah. And there's, there should be a lot of money around with with Cleary not playing. Yeah. So you could I think he comes into the conversation. I think I think he'd be an interesting little pick, but he's he's got suspension risk as well. He loves to loves to get suspended. Um. And then what about TPJ? I mean, I had him in a lot of my team builds as well uh, prior to the trial. 
and I don't know if you, you heard about what happened in the oh, trial. Because he, he got a bit aggro. He, he like he got he got zinbinned. He got put on report twice. Uh, but he also just trial game. wasn't very involved, and kind of they looked very disorganized on that side. Now maybe that's normal because it's a new side and he's never played with the halves before and it's just a trial and like he's still got a lot of attack in his game but like the big question is can he stay in the field yeah and i'm not sure there's value at his price he's i think he's priced at about 65 mm. he's been scoring about 65 last couple of years yeah it's even when he played 80 on the on the edge he's never averaged more than about 68 or something like that so there's not a huge amount of value there and that's with the risk. I mean, there is a world where he comes out and averages 80. He doesn't need much to do that. He does have that upside if everything goes well for him. But Yeah, yeah. and their, their draw gets very bad very quickly. It does, it does. I mean, there's a question of whether that matters that much for him, but maybe it does. I think it does. For the second rowers, I definitely look at the draw. The props, not so much, but the back rowers, they're kind of... Yeah, I remember the start of, the start of last year, I was trying to pick backs from teams that started well um panthers i think raiders started well and um you know kick scored all those tries early and hudson young scored a bunch of tries early yeah yeah it's the back rowers that were back rowers that we're doing benefiting so look that's the thing and that's, getting back to the prop discussion it's like it doesn't feel like afb is going to hurt you now he might he might fall over the line and score 100 a couple of times and that would hurt a bit but but it's a probabilities game right and you can't i'm not sure you you know you can worry about that too much. So, you know, if you do get a bully more in, into your team for three or four rounds and he can eke out 50s, or, I mean, he's probably more likely to score a try than someone like AFB, right? So... Once the draw opens up, yeah. 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 I don't... I yeah. think... I don't, I'm not that excited about his first couple of rounds, but if he can hang around, like if Schuster's back around six or seven... Yeah, I think it'll be earlier than that. I think it'll be probably more like a four or five, but... If I can get four rounds out of him playing big minutes on the edge, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yep. Yep. I think I'm going to have some, someone like JTB, Tanua, Tanua Brown, maybe as like coverage though. Insurance, Insurance policy. Insurance policy. If I do, if I go that route, because you can still yep. you can get both of them rather than say like a 200k guy and AFB and still save money elsewhere. Yep. Like you're still kind of 150k ahead. Yep, yep. And there's no, there's not really any 200 gay guys that are screaming out. There's a couple, a couple named, but... Yeah, yep. So, Tom Turbo, what are your thoughts on him? I was very excited about Turbo about a month ago when I saw the ownership stats. Mm. Uh, I've become less excited as his ownership stats have increased. When we get to the Storm team list, we're going to see a name there that I think is going to make his ownership stats go back down. Um, so it's yeah, it's possibly a decision I'll make based on that. Um, I like he's you know I think he's going to be the best player in the game. Um, whether his average is going to be 140, probably not. Um, are you going to captain him in the first two weeks? Maybe against the so, Panthers with no Cleary, probably not if there's heavy rain. That's the thing. If you're not going to captain him in the first two weeks, then the big reason for, to to have him in your side kind of falls apart, falls away, in my opinion. Yeah, like, the whole point of getting him, even when you acknowledge that he's overpriced, is that you can captain him against double points. Now, 100%. If, you, if you're thinking that you're not going to captain him in those first two games, then that takes away a lot of a lot of the 
the appeal for me. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think I think you're right. So he's not in any of my team builds. I just can't make my team builds look good with him there uh, at the moment. And and yeah, the fact that that game is potentially like I think Cleary being out of the Penrith side maybe means that that Manly score more points. I think Penrith are a much worse side without Cleary in it, even defensively. Um, but yeah, the fact that it might be underwater kind of kills that as well. Yep. I'll probably make that decision on Thursday afternoon based on ownership stats. I think. Yeah, right. It's not it's not the best basis to make a decision, but I don't watch that much footy, so I kind of have to take punts based on popularity sometimes. I mean, it's it'd be pretty fun to own him as a pod. I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let's move on to the um, the Canberra Sharks game. So there's a few things in this Raiders team. So the big one that comes out is this guy James Schiller, who I've never heard of, has been named in the centres. Now there are some big question marks over that. He's not even in Supercoach as we record, but I assume he'll be updated and put in there soon. Um, but I think Sebastian Chris is in like COVID protocols because he hasn't been named even in the extended bench. So he could be just warming that spot for Sebastian Chris. And then you've got Croker, who's who's in the Reggies for a little while, who could theoretically come back at any time. So I'm a little bit worried about him. Like he feels like a trap. Feels like a trap. He's going to be bottom dollar, so you could take a punt and just hope that he's amazing. But, yeah, it feels, feels like a trap. Um, yeah, I think it's a pass from me. The interesting thing here is, well, Semi Valme got, got picked on the wing. But Rapana's missing. But Rapana's missing for a couple of weeks, so yep, you're right. That's that's not that's not very good. Schneider it seems like he's been picked. Um, now that uh, Fogarty is injured and Fogarty's out for like four months, I think Schneider should be in everyone's side. He should be one of the first guys you pick uh, as your bench halfback probably. And it looks like without Croker there for a little while, he will kick goals. Nice. So he's potentially even playable. I mean, it's hard to know. We won't really know until we see him, but. With the goals, he might be a decent, decent playable bench guy. Yeah, I agree. Are we in Ira's Jag twelve? Yeah, that is interesting. Um, so we've got Adam Elliott on the bench. My mail is that Hudson Young is the one that's going to get the big minutes. But can you trust mm-hmm. anyone in that Raiders kind of back row? It's easy to upset Ricky. <laughs> He just, like, things just always change week to week. I mean, the guy I really like in their forward pack is Joseph Tapine, um, mm-hmm. Tapine. Uh, I think as starting prop, he's got, like, he played 41 minutes last year, and I think he's probably going to get 45 plus, and I think that makes him really interesting. And we don't we know he's got a bit of that attacking upside in him. But um, still not vaccinated, so... There's... He's always... He's always shown potential and never quite delivered in Supercoach. He's kind yeah. of you know, is he is he actually is he finally gonna do it this year? Hard to know. Who knows? Can find an injury as well. And and the fact that he's not vaccinated, I think that means he can't go to Queensland. And I think their second game is in Queensland, so that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, too many question marks about him, but yeah. Styling on the bench, unfortunately. Uh I think that means you can't really go there, given that we've got other other pretty good options. But interested in your thoughts on that. If Hodgson ever gets injured, obviously you put him straight in. So I like Starling. I um 
He had a run of scores in the 50s coming off the bench last year. But, yeah, with... I mean, there's Randall, so that's one spot. Um, I don't know. If, if there was no Randall, I think I'd grab him as my second hooker. But yeah, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. And do you, can you run two cheap guys? I don't know. I reckon Randall's going to be playable. Oh, I think Randall will be playable. Just It's hard to know with that bench how many minutes Starling's going to get, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's, I, I think... I, I suspect... Hodgson is that sort of mobile number 13 after maybe 25 minutes, third playmaker type position. But you, you can't, you can't look, you can't conclude that just by looking at the team list. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Sharkies. Um, I don't think there's that much kind of surprising or overly super coach relevant here. The, I guess Multalu got the center spot, which is kind of interesting with Ikebalu on the wing and, and Katoa on the other wing, but, I'm not sure anyone's picking any of those guys to start anyway. Moylan gets the six. We kind of knew that was going to happen. Uh, assume that he keeps it even when Trindle comes back, but not 100% sure. Hines in the seven. He will kick goals, as we said earlier. I really like Nico Hines, but that's just me. Um, now, in the forwards, they've got a few injuries. And so the bench is kind of interesting. So we've got Tolman, Talakai, Hunt, and Fafida on the bench. So basically, what, three props and a back rower? You can't pick any forwards in this I'm team. I'm not sure you can pick any. And then you've got McInnes to come back. And I assume when McInnes comes back, he plays 13 and, and Finnegan goes to prop, which means that one of the, you know, Hamlin Ueli probably goes to the bench. One of those props probably comes off. Whether it's, you, you think it's either Hunt or Fafita that comes off. Um, and is there another injury that I'm not... Remembering? Yeah, the captain. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so um, Wade Graham's injured for Wade a while. Wade Graham. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't. You can't take any yeah, I've seen Fafita in a lot of teams. I, I, When I looked at that bench, I was like, I don't think so. I'd only be picking Fafita based on nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. I mean... If you, if, you, if you like, you know, so at some point, he's probably going to drop out of the team and you can captain him if your vice captain goes off. And, you know, that might feel nice for some of the players that have been around a while. I'm, I'm captain for feeder again. I feel good, you know. Mm. Otherwise, I just think he's going he's gonna to drop off this bench. Even even he if might, he's playing, he, he's going to get like 20 minutes, right? Yeah, he'll fine. be a bit of a Spencer Lemieux, I think. Yeah. Um, one guy that's been popping up in quite a lot of sides is Britton Okora. Um, Sharkies have got a decent early draw. What you didn't see because you don't watch trials is that Hines put him through a nice little gap, and he ran over and scored a try. And his his base was he looked good in both the All Stars game and the and the the trial they played last week. Um, to me, he's just kind of a mid range option that's going to be very try dependent, and like he's never averaged more than sixty, and then that's even when SJ was beating him, and he's priced in the I don't know, I think he's priced about fifty five or something. Yeah, I can't get excited. No, I'm not excited about that either. I don't, I don't hate it. Like, you know, he's a kind of try-scoring back rower, a decent draw, but no, I'm not excited about it either. Anything else in that Sharks, Sharks team you want to talk about? No, just that I don't think I'm going to have any of them. Yeah, I've just got beautiful Nico with his hair. He's very handsome. Looks good in blue too. 
Um, <laughs> all right. So now we've got Broncos versus Rabbitohs. So for the Broncos, we've got a bit to talk about. Isaac Ho gets the number one spot uh, with Tessie New injured, which is interesting. A lot of people thought that, that Cobbo would get it, but he hasn't. Cobbo's got the – it looks like Cobbo's going to play on the right wing. Oates has got the left wing spot, and Pereira is left right out, which will upset a lot of people because a lot of people were thinking we'd get Pereira as kind of a, a reasonably cheap option. Yep. Um, Billy Walters, Albert Kelly in the halves. Uh, Reynolds has got COVID. So you assume he comes back probably week two and think that Kelly goes out and, and Walters keeps that spot. Um, Corey Pakes, who was like a bottom dollar hooker that you could have picked. It, there was a lot of rumors that he was going to get the starting nine job, but he's also got COVID, I think. Um, so he's going to say he's not even in the reserves. No, I think it's he's COVID protocol. So I think that mm. makes it a bit hard. I actually think he was a bit of a trap anyway, because I think he was going to share time with Turpin and, you know, score a lot of 20s and 30s. Um, but that saves probably people from themselves in picking him. Uh, anyone you like in this team? No. And I know that Stags and Cobbo are very popular. Um, I just, I mean, a Brisbane, if they're a bottom four side again, I just really struggle to pick. I mean, I might pick one of them. I don't think I can pick both of them. Um, Stag's phenomenal player, but Jeezy gets injured a lot, and the Broncos draw is not that bad. But you know, the Broncos is the team I look at when I'm concluding that the other team's got a good draw. Same thing with Cobo; he's cheap. I don't know if he's cheap enough. I don't know with with the clearing money, and if I don't take Turbo, I'm just I'm just not going to need these guys. I can go top shelf in the center wing. I think I'm passing on them, but I agree they're both interesting. Billy Walters. Awkwardly priced, not guaranteed to hold spot next week. Don't think I can do it. Yeah, agree with all that. So, well, sorry, no, no. I agree with what you said about Billy Walters. I don't agree with what you said about Stags and Cobbo. Uh, I've got both Stags and Cobbo in my team. I think their draw is really good over the first month. So the first game against Souths looks bad, but if you've seen Jackson Paulo defend in the centres, and I have, it's not pretty. And Stags is going to be running at him. And Cobo's going to be outside him. And Cobo has looked pretty good from what I've seen. Busy tackle busts. And I think there will be some tries on offer on that right-hand side. Um, so I like both of them. So Staggs is priced at 49, and historically he's always averaged around 60. Yeah, he's a 60 he's guy. He's a 60 yep. guy. So you kind of, like, I mean, you mentioned it, the injury history. The big question is, can he stay on the field? Um, I'm going to take a punt that he can stay on the field for at least the first four weeks. And then... You know, if he makes a bit of money, I might consider upgrading him to, you know, one of those fallen guns that whose draws opened up, like a, a Do'o or a Garrick or a AJ or someone like that. Um, or I might keep him, I'm not sure. But um, I just think that it's a kind of, he's a fairly cheap guy who's almost definitely going to average 60. And what about Cobo? Same plan or is that more of a longer term? Don't know. Hold. Don't know about Cobo. It sort of depends how much money he makes early and how he looks. I mean, he could be not great. Like, you're right, they might not score that many tries. But as I said, I think the draw looks pretty good, and I think his base is going to be good enough with a, with a few tackle busts in there that, that he'll be fine. So I quite like him. So I've got both of them. Um, I've got Payne Hearts in my team. I think, I think, you know, if you can find a keeper who's got upside, 
they are very rare because of the scoring that we saw last year, then I think you take them. So that's my kind of reasoning for Haas. He'd be one of the only ones, right? Well, I think you can make that argument for, for like Pappy and Teddy, maybe. Definitely Pappy, because he played only like 60 minutes. Yeah. Um, there's not that many others, though. I agree. Like, maybe maybe Grant, if he's starting at hooker. He only played... Tenuous. Tenuous. He only, he only, played, mean, fi- not... he only played 59 minutes last year. Yeah, but I, I mean... I feel like having, you know, the big the big hooker absorb the contact in the first 20 and then Grant come on fresh. Just, why would they change a winning formula? Yeah, it's annoying that we don't know. But mm-hmm. I... Especially all those head-to-head players that are, you know, happy to throw the first week. Yeah. I My gut says that, that Brandon Smith plays nine and that's... Sorry, Brandon Smith plays at lock and that's kind of mostly what we've seen in the trials. So oh, look, if Grant gets eighty, I agree with you. I'm not sure that he gets eighty, but I think he might get seventy. And I think that's enough for him to to score really, really well. Um so yeah, anyway, we can talk more about that in a minute. Um anything else in this Broncos team you want to talk about? Not really. I've got Haas, everybody should. No. Good. Alright. Souths. Um I mean, Lockie Ilias gets the seven jersey as we thought he would. I think he's probably a no-brainer. I don't know how well he's going to score in Supercoach, but he's in a good team. You probably probably take a punt on him to to score a K and make some money. Yeah, he's top top four. We talk about the halves looking like they're mostly overpriced. Just, I mean, Schneider's my seven. He's my six. Yeah, exactly. Same as me. He's basically bottom dollar. I think it's a no-brainer. Um. As I said, Paulo gets the centre spot. Uh, Milne has got the wing spot, the right wing, uh, instead of he's beaten Mansour to the spot, but I'm not sure that that's particularly super coach relevant. Um, I mean, you could take a flyer on Paulo. He's like 375k, gets the left centre spot. You know, that's been yeah. a lucrative spot in the past, but they've got a bad draw. And how much of that was Gay Guy? Uh, I don't know. I think it's mostly Cody Walker that, that was setting him up, but... um. If their draw was good, I would actually be very interested in Paulo, but because it's so bad early. And also, like, if he has a few bad games defensively, I can see him losing his spot. So that worries me a bit with him too. Um, A lot of people like Damien Cook. There's a bit of narrative that, you know, he's... Bennett's gone, he's going to run more, he's got young halves now, he'll take more of the, the kind of responsibility to run more. I didn't see it in the trials, and I'm not interested in him till I see it. And the bad draw as well puts me off. Yeah, I um, I carried Damien Cook second half of last year, and he squeezed out a 150 or something on a on a relatively low scoring week, which was pretty awesome. But otherwise, he was good without being great. And the draw, I just if his draw was easier, I'd I'd think about it. But I'm just not going there. Uh, Jai Arrow, we talked a bit about Jai Arrow on the show previously. He's in a lot of teams. Uh, what do you think of Jai Arrow? Uh, look, I've, I've, I've put him in my second front row spot a little bit. Um, I had a look at his stats last year playing in that jersey. I think he was scoring sort of 50s or something with, without any tries. 
So you're basically asking yourself, is he going to score one? Yep. I, I've been pretty vocal that I think that he's a trap. I mean, I say trap, like, I don't necessarily think he's going to lose money. I just think he's going to be really average. He's, people seem to be thinking, oh, because he's on the edge that, you know, he's going to play big minutes and he's going to, he's going to score more for some reason. In the six games that he started in the edge last year, his average was lower than what it was for the rest of the season, marginally. He averaged 51 on the edge and 53, I think, when he was playing in the middle. I don't... He's, he's a middle forward that's been shifted out. Yeah. He's, he's not really he's... the top of the list of your candidates that are going to run through a hole, right? No, he's too slow. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't grown up playing on the wing or the centres and he's sort of moving into the second row. He's, he's doing the opposite. Yeah, exactly. I think he's too slow. I don't see a lot of attacking stats. Even running off Cody, he's, he's going to play on the left, so people like that as well, but I'm just not sure that he gets the attacking stats. Bad draw, as we've talked about, so I don't know. I can I see sort of a 55 average from him, which is pretty you know, pretty meh for the price. Yeah. Other people see it differently. That's okay, but I don't like it. Um, and also, people seem to be thinking that he's going to get 80 for some reason, and He's he's just not, I don't think. Like Jacob Jacob Host is on the bench. Um I think if anyone gets eighty it's the koala. Hmm. Uh anything else you want to talk about in that bunnies team? Um no, people thinking about pinch hitting with Taff. He's only got one week now instead of two. Yep, don't do that. That's it. That's it. Alright. Let's move on. All right, so next game is the Roosters-Knights game. So this is pretty interesting on the Roosters side of things. So This Roosters team looks scary, by the way. Like scary good? Yeah, like if I'm, if I'm playing them, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> okay, um, so probably the most interesting thing is that Billy Smith is, has been picked in the centres. So I honestly haven't looked at Billy Smith all off-season because... I didn't think he was going to get a start. Everything I was hearing was that he was like, I think he had some sort of injury in the offseason and, you know, I, I thought he was going to be sort of a little bit down the pecking order, I guess. So I never really considered him. He's 295k. Uh, it looks like he's got the start, the, the spot on merit. Um, you know, he's in that great where does, team. Where does Sawali play? Where does Sawali play when he comes back? Great question. And does, it, and does he make the team? Well... I mean, your your response earlier when you said you think Momorowski is just a placeholder, if you're right about that, I assume Suwali comes in on the right wing. Yeah. I just don't understand why Momorowski wouldn't kick. No, I don't understand that either. And maybe he will. Maybe the mail's just wrong. But, yeah, I agree. If Momorowski's not kicking, that says to me that, that Walker will be... That, that he'll be out of the team and, and Suwali's due back in about round three or four or something. Um, But back to Billy Smith, I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I had um, Naguama in there thinking he was going to jag the right wing. I swapped him out for Billy Smith. Yeah. If, and if Sawali takes the spot, then I'll swap Smith to Sawali. Any love for Momorowski being on that kind of money right wing? Yeah, especially if I go, if I pass on Turbo, I'm going to have a lot of money to spend. So Momorowski on the right wing kicking. Welcome to the squad, son. But we don't know if he's kicking. But right wing, would I mean, you there's take a few. Anyway? I probably would. I mean, he's just. But what if he's just had a season with Penrith, who, you know, they scored a lot of points, and he scored 
pretty well playing at the centres. Just that right wing, that right wing position in the Roosters is pretty special. But didn't you just say that if he's not kicking, that that's the signal that he's probably gone as soon as Suwali's ready? Yeah, but he's a direct trade for Suwali. Like if I want whoever the right winger is, you just trade. Well, Monrovsky's gone, Suwali's in. Well, there you go. There's my trade, and thanks for the two hundred and fifty grand. I'm going to use this to turn Moses into Sam Walker. There's my Moses money. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure I love the idea got, of like, like picking got, someone that you you think is going to lose his spot. But. Yeah, but we've got. I mean, we've got so many trades this year. I just, I know that you know, COVID might disrupt the season. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's you know we're, we're going to be able to make silly trades. Yeah. Without running out. I suppose worst comes to worst, like Billy Smith is pretty injury prone, so if he gets injured. You think the first first up for that spot is is Monrovski? Well, even better if you'd started with Monrovski, is Suwali comes into the centres, not to disrupt the team too much. Maybe, yeah. Look, without the kicking, I'm not going to do it. Um, but I get it. And if he does pick up the kicking for some reason, then yeah, he's, he's he almost becomes a must-have if he's playing on the right wing and he's and he's goal kicking. And and, he, and it looks like he's still got that spot when Swally's fit. Then I'll break my team to get him in, I think. Um, cheeky, vice, cheeky vice captain option, round one, two. Yeah. We talked a bit about Sam Walker already. I, I like him as a pick. I, I'm thinking that I'm not going to get him probably until a bit later when the draw opens up. I want to see how he goes with Luke Curie. Um Luke Curie we've talked about in the past. I don't want to pick anyone that's coming off a knee injury. And add to that is HIA issues. Just makes me not interested in him. He's, he's not he's not a great super coach player anyway. Typically, he's very volatile. Um, yeah. I like owning Kiri. I mean, obviously, we couldn't do it last year. I like owning Kiri in the second half of the year when you've got kind of 21, 22 man squads and you just play him on matchups. There's some talk in the paper about Manu maybe playing on the left, but I don't know if that's right or not. I don't know if Billy Smith is a right centre mostly. I don't know. Anyway, don't know if that helps Manu at all. I talked a lot about Manu earlier in the, in the preseason. I'm still interested, but I don't think I'm going to start with him. I think I'm going to just have a little look and see, you know, how much he's playing that roving role or not. I don't think he's going to hurt me that much over the first three games. I mean, that first game, you know, against Knights, he might score 150 and that would be annoying, but <laughs> I think... I can't see it happening. Not with the squad they've got here. There's too many... There's too many Chiefs to share the points around. Yeah, hopefully. Anyway, I, I am interested in Manu, but yeah, not going to start with him, as, as it turns out. Forwards, it's mostly as we expected, but Lindsay Collins is starting, which is sort of interesting. Um, any any love in Lindsay Collins? Yeah, he started last year on fire. He's, I mean, you just talked about not liking players coming back from a knee injury. Less relevant for a middle forward. Still he's not, not that much. cheap. He's not that cheap. I mean, last year he was last year he was four hundred grand, so he was he was much more attractive. I'm just it's, there's not enough there. I'm curious, but I don't find it compelling. Uh, yeah. If if Bullimore, if if we didn't have trade boosts, I would pass on Bullimore as my second prop, and I'd be looking at people like Collins. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, you know, in terms of the team list. 
the rest of it's pretty pretty standard. Crichton and Tupanua are both fairly popular. Uh, I have Crichton in my team. I think Cleary will help him a little bit. That's kind of my reasoning, and he's, he's just a gun. So I can see that I don't think he comes down in price, put it that way. I don't think he, he scores worse than he did last year, and I think there's some upside with their draw. Yeah, I think he's. I think he'll probably hold value. Um, I he's in my team at the moment. He'll probably stay there. He did better than I thought he did when I looked at his stats last year. As an owner last year, I found him like a bit frustrating to own. I think I felt like he wasn't getting enough ball. But yeah, he actually he, still scored he, like nine tries. Yeah, no, he did well. He did. Mm. But yeah, I've got him in my team. I, I like him. What about Satili? No. I mean, I did that dance last year. If they had an easy draw, I'd think about it. I mean, he's I see him as, as, as like a back, really, the way he scores. And it's just with a draw like it is, can't get excited. I mean, their draw gets very good from round four. Yeah, and if he lays a couple of eggs and loses 100 grand, yeah, pick him up. But His base is not at the moment. very, very low, and it puts me off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was Look, I was a very happy owner last season, but yeah, I I'm think, not going there I again. think last season was the time to do it. Uh, even though it didn't work out perfectly last season either. The other thing with him, he seems to get lots of head knocks. Lots of head knocks. Yep. Yeah. Um. So is that it for the for the Roosters? You think? Yeah. All right, Knights team. Um. So you know, pretty standard. Callum Ponger at the back. Dom Young gets a, a wing spot, which is is cheapish, kind of interesting. Um. I think the rest of the team is as we thought, pretty much. Uh, the so Dave, uh, Daniel Safidi is out with, I think they've said he's got like a fractured leg. Um, mm-hmm. so he's out for about a month or so, it seems. So Jacob Safidi is in the ten. I'm seeing some people interested in Jacob Safidi. He's about that 400k mark. I'm not really interested in him. I just yeah, he had a big finish last year. Again, if Bullimore, if we didn't have the trade boost and I was letting Bullimore go, he'd be the kind of guy I'd be looking at. Yeah, meh, maybe. It just He doesn't excite me. Uh, we talked about Chris Randall. He should be in everyone's team. He's a, he's a bit of a no-brainer. I think he gets 60 minutes, maybe more. Uh, I think he makes, he probably scores 45 to 50 every week. That's enough. Uh, the interesting one, and I'm really interested to get your thoughts on this, is Kurt Mann. So Kurt Mann, 380-odd K, his dual... Uh, sorry, dual centre wing 5-8. Uh, and yeah, he's in that 13 spot. Yeah, so he's potentially my placeholder 5-8 to, you know, hold value, maybe make a little bit of money in the first couple of leagues and then upgrade him. He's he's playing in the middle, which means the draw shouldn't really be relevant. The Knights, the Knights draw is really interesting because they have, like it's pretty bad, but it's not, bad multiple weeks in a row but it's yeah it's not really that relevant to him so there's a good chance i'll slot him into 5-8 i don't think i'll slot him into center wing because he's a bit too expensive and there's a lot of good cheap options and i don't think he's going to be a top 10 center wing either so he's a bit he's a kind of no man's land for me in the center wing but um for my plan to hold a 5-8 for three three four weeks maybe five weeks and then do a big upgrade he could be my man yeah, he's he's one of the guys that I'm most torn about, I must say. Like, the jewel is handy. So there's a guy called Barry Tui, um, that's pretty active on Twitter and seems to know a lot about the Knights. 
Um, and he reckons he's going to play 65 minutes. Now, mm-hmm. the problem the problem is, okay, there's two problems. Number one, you've got Mitch Barnett on the bench, right? And we saw last year that, you know, 10 minutes before they went on the field, Connor Watson, who was playing that 13 role, would just end up on the bench and Barnett would start. And yep. so who's to say that doesn't happen again? Um, my assumption would, was that he'd play more like 55 to 60 minutes and sc- sort of score about the PPM of around about one. So I'm sort of expecting an average of about 55. Uh, yeah, me too. The distributing role at lock isn't that good for Supercoach because, you know, the, the main job is to pass it to other people. You don't get any Supercoach points for that. Having said that, watching him in the trials, he was pretty busy and he does have that kind of ability to kind of slip through a tackle. So, you know. Yeah, and he'll be making, he'll be making yeah. at least one tackle a set, probably two. Yeah. Yeah, his base will tick over. And he does, even though he does play that distributing role, he's kind of a ball hog as well, so he does like to run it himself. But I guess, like I think Connor Watson started at about three hundred k last year, and and he averaged something like 60, 59, 60 minutes, and averaged about sixty in that role. And to me, he's a pretty dynamic player, though. Well, well, to me, Connor Watson was like he was okay, like he made us money and he was fine, but it, it wasn't like a home run even with Connor Watson, right? who started almost 100k cheaper than man. Yeah. So that's the perspective that I'm taking. I'm like, well, if he averages sort of 55 to 60, starts at 380k, I mean, it's okay, but it's yeah. not a real home run. If he does yeah. get 65 minutes and averages 65, that's a different story, but do I trust that? Look, if there was an expensive guy at 5'8 with a good opening draw, I wouldn't even be looking at him. It's just, it's just my particular approach to the halves this year is the only reason I'm interested in him. I can see it, I can see it, but it's, he's not for me. For some reason, I just don't like him. But I, I could regret that because he's he's burned me in the past. Um, I mean, they I think Randall and Mann are basically the only two relevant guys at the Knights. If I'm honest, I don't really see anything. But Leo Thompson. Well, we just talked about the fact that Dan Safidi's due to come back in a few weeks. I don't know what's happened to um, Brody. What's his name? Brody Jones. Brody Jones or whatever his name is. Um, there's also Sue due back, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I tend to think that he might be a little bit of a trap, the old Leo Thompson. Yep. And even Momasia, like he's kind of interesting because he's dual, and I've seen him in a lot of teams, but I just don't know where, like, if he's going to get minutes. Yeah, and you got to kiss away thirty grand to have him. Yeah, I just I think that he could be a bit of a mistake as well, if I'm honest. So yep. no, don't. twenty points, twenty five points, dual position, but yeah. Yeah. Save thirty grand by, by picking a proper cheapie. Yep, agree. Alright. Warriors Dragons. Um so Harris Tavita gets the fullback spot for round one, but that's just, just a placeholder until Walsh gets back. Um probably the biggest news is that Viliami Balea is selected mm-hmm. in the centres and it looks like he's gotten that, that spot on, on form. As in, I don't think there's any major injury that is, you know, due to come back. So he's yeah. like 200k. They've got a great draw. I, I think my view is get him in your team. Yeah, Jesse Arthur's is in the 24. So yeah, and so is Pompey. Doesn't have COVID. Yep. So Pompey as well. So I don't think there is anyone else. Um. So Cody Nikarima wins the six. There's Sean Johnson as we expected. Um. I've seen a lot of people pick Rocco Berry 
He's like 320K-ish. Looks like a talented player. I'm not convinced. You know, we talked about yeah, the centers. If he was on the wing, I'd take him. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And particularly if he's on the right wing with, with SJ. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's going to play in the, in the left center spot, which isn't that exciting for me. Yeah, pass. Yeah, I think he's a pass. Who's kicking for this team? So I think maybe, well, could be Sean Johnson, but I think Walsh, Walsh kicks when he gets back in round two. Yeah. Uh, I've, you know, we talked about Sean Johnson in the past. I, I can't go anywhere near him because of his lower leg injuries and, and just the fact that he doesn't have that upside anymore anyway because he, he can't really run the ball <laughs> because of his lower yeah. le- leg injuries. You know what else they don't have anymore? Mm. Remember the Warriors would have that home game factor? Yeah, that's true. When they play, you know, you'd have to sit on an international flight to get over there, and that was freezing. Yeah, and SJ would just come and put two hundred on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The forwards for the Warriors is very interesting. So we talked a bit about Fanua Blake. I think he's a pretty good option. You know, maybe not an absolute home run. I, I one of the things we didn't talk about is the Lodge factor. So we saw that Lodge really impacted on Haas's PPM at Brisbane. If you look at Haas's yeah. PPM before and after Lodge, it went through the roof as soon as Lodge left. We didn't really see that have an impact on, on Fanua Blake at the back end of the season when Lodge was there, so maybe it's okay. But that does scare me a little bit. Lodge is just such a ball hog. Um, having said that, Fanua Blake had a sort of injury-riddled season last year. You know, he can score a try, and he didn't last year. He looks fit. Can, can, can score a double. Yeah, can score a double. So, look, I get it. I've, I've had him in a lot of my team builds. He's one of the ones I'm kind of agonizing over. Uh, yeah. He plays the first buy too, right? He plays the first buy. And if you do pick, like, Haas and Blake, I think you can just forget about that position. Like, that's the benefit of doing it, right? Yeah. You just set them, and that's it. You don't have to touch them for the rest of the season. Whereas if you're yeah. tinkering and around with like guys like Bullimore, who how many trades you might have to spend to fix that that up? Yeah, if you don't have the cash once Bullimore gets dropped, you've got to do an interim, another interim guy. Exactly. And then you've got to get rid of him as well. Could be a bit of a nightmare. Yep. So yeah, that's a really hard decision. Um, now the back row, the back row is very interesting here. So it looks like Kato is going to play on the right outside SJ. But my... What I think is going to happen, so Curran is at lock. What I think is going to happen is that Curran will move to the right and Kato will get benched. I think I think Aiken starts on the left and plays 80. And so and maybe Kato gets 55 to 60. Yeah, I think they were the minutes he's getting last year, right, when he started? Yeah, I think his average minutes are about 50, but I think in the games that he started, it was more high 50s, maybe yep. around 60. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I have both Aitken and Katoa in my team. Mm-hmm. I don't have Curran. Um, now, the, the thing to, to think about here is that there's some word that Tohu Harris is going to come back earlier than we think. No clarification on that, but like some people are saying that he might be back in like round five or six rather than, say, round 10. So that might impact on me thinking a little bit. It's hard to know what happens when he comes back. I think what will happen when he comes back is that Aitken will move to the centres. But, I, you know, that's kind of speculation. Um, some people think that Aiken stays where he is and Katoa goes back to the bench. That's also possible. What are your thoughts on all of them? 
I think the problem's not going to arise because someone's going to be out. But I think Curran, Curran stays in the team regardless. So it's between Aitken and Katoa. Katoa spent a lot of time on the bench last year, so I think probably Harris comes back, plays 13, Curran moves to the edge. Aitken stays in the stays in the forwards. So, so what do you thought? Like, are you starting with any of these guys? Probably not. I like all three of them. Um, yeah, with with Cleary not being named, my squad's going to change a bit. It's possible. Um, Katoa's been in a lot of my early early drafts. There's just so many guys at that 350, so the, 350 yeah. mark, and and you know I was using those guys to get to get Cleary and Turbo, but I just don't think I need them anymore. So that's the thing. So I I tend to think that I'm going to have one of them, and so we're talking about Luki, Nanai, Katoa, maybe Bo Firma. Either one or two, I think is a good number. I don't think you want all four. And then if if you know if the one or two of them you've got stink, you can just trade them to the, the one that really goes off. Yep. Um, the question is which one. Just throw throw up a tail over them. Throwing a bit of a dart. Like we don't know the minutes of Luki or Nanai. Luki played eighty in one of the trials, which I thought was interesting. I was like, uh, is is Peyton kind of trying to get him ready to play eighty? Um. Having said that, he looked gassed. Like like yeah. his work rate just went absolutely down the toilet at the back end of each half. He's he's a big kind of rangy guy. Looks like a pretty good footy player, good athlete. He's very quick, but I just don't know if his base is going to be there. So maybe he's going to get you know even if he plays big minutes, maybe he's going to get some thirties and forties. Katoa, if he's only getting fifty five to sixty minutes, like we talked about, he could also get you lots of thirties and forties. But he's playing off SJ, so. And they've got that great draw. That's very enticing for me. Um, Verma, Firma's dual position. Firma's dual position. There's like all this talk that he's the fierce man at the club. And, you know, Proctor is on the bench. So that makes me a bit nervous. Um, I think Firma needs 80 to be relevant. I, his work rate's not that good. Yeah, he sneaks through for, for quite a few tries, right? He doesn't he's you know he's, he doesn't jam in and make that third third man in the tackle. The thing is, like he he did that last year, right? And he played sixty four minutes last year, and he's priced at what he's priced at. So like, if he doesn't yeah, get eighty, where's be... the upside? Yep, yep. So he's kind of like you can see what I mean, right? Like he's he's obviously not that good a super coach scorer. If if that's the case, I mean, a couple of those games he played in the in the centers, so maybe. he's... You know, he's got a bit more value there. Certainly if he plays 80, he's interesting, but we don't know that. So at the moment, I've got Katoa, because just because of the SJ factor, basically. Like, SJ, good draw. Hope he goes over for a couple of meat, meat pies early and then probably move him on. Uh, I've also got Aiken. <laughs> Going both sides. Going both sides. So, so Aiken's base last You're year... You're going to be watching a lot of Warriors games. Yeah, Aiken's base last year was phenomenal and he has basically said there was an interview with him where he's basically said he like he plays there because he can play 80 minutes and he saves them a he saves, saves him in change saves him in plus change. when he was playing in the backs in st george he had huge base as well and he's got tackle bus as well so there were, there were games last year where he had like 60 in raw base yeah when he was playing on the edge and you add some yeah. tackle bus to that add the fact that they've got a pretty good draw and he would go over for a try he's priced yeah. at and he's the opposite of 
And he's the opposite of Arrow, right? He's a back that's 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 pushing in. He should be able to sneak out. That he's quick enough to score. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I really like him. He's also dual, so that's handy. I mean, there is that risk of Tohu coming back, but he's been in and out of my side because it feels like it's at that mid-range price. You can kind of downgrade him to someone and use that money elsewhere. Uh, but I, I do like Aitken. The other thing is Aitken's got some injury history too. He's had plenty of hamstring and and, um, and ankle injuries. So Yeah. And we, we talked about head bumps for Tupanur and Kiri. Um, it could just be because I know Curran got one in the All-Stars game, but I feel like he missed quite a few games last year. Maybe there were other types of injuries. Yeah, we didn't really talk about Josh Curran much. I guess I had him in a lot of my sides earlier in the year thinking that he was going to play on the edge outside the SJ. It looks like he's going to play lock now. He might rotate through that edge a bit, but it's at that price, it's probably not enough for me. I think once Tohu comes back, if he does get that right edge spot, that's the time to pick him up. Yeah, especially if he's lost 150 grand by then. Yeah, or even yeah, even just a little bit if he's lost just a little yeah. bit. Um, okay, I think that's enough for the Warriors. Anything else? No. no? Okay, Dragons. So Sloan, Sloan wins the fullback spot. Um, you know, Ramsey on the left wing, Sully and Lomax in the centres. That's all as we expected. Uh, Talatau Moan gets the, the six jersey, which I think people will be happy about. Um, well, let's talk about that. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Moan? Is he in your side? Yeah, he's in there at the moment. He's... Um, in the centres or in I, the... Yeah, yeah, he's in the centres. Yeah. yeah, I look, I like... I like the centers. I like super coach centers that play five eighth. If um, you know, if they tail up a team, they can easily put up a very big score. Now, are the dragons going to do that? Maybe not. Um, but at the price with dual position, uh, I feel like he's he's pretty compelling value. I'm probably not going to play him very often though. So, before Schneider came along, I had Ilias at halfback and Amon in five eight, and I liked that because I thought. If one of my guns in kind of any other position gets injured, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can then bring in like someone like Cleary or a Cody Walker in one trade. So let's say Fafita gets injured, right? You can trade a, you can move like a Targo up to um, the second row forward. You can move Amon down to the centers, and then you can bring in with Ilias. You can bring in any half. I liked that build yeah. with Amon in the in the halves. In the centers, it's not as good but it's still kind of useful to duel so i get that but i think schneider coming in makes him less appealing to me. and then the issue i've got with him is he's he's going to be like the second fiddle half in a bad team which has got a bad draw yeah oh look i agree like he's not he's not he's not the man you know the man is either ben hunt or Terrell sloan he's going to be you know, watching some of the games, and I just don't think they're going to win that many. I've seen that sort of, like, yeah, that that sort of guy that's playing second fiddle five eight get really lost in games. Those young guys, yeah. and I'm not convinced. Like, it's a bit of like I know he's very popular. It's a bit of a hot take, but like, I don't think I'm going to pick him. I think I'd rather yeah. uh, Billy Smith. Yeah, look, he might lose his spot to the Warriors center, Viliami Vallejo. That's, I mean, he might he might have survived my team, and I've mentioned, yeah, I've mentioned um, a couple of times I've got all the clearing money to spend. So if 
if a moan makes way for Valaya and I've got half a million bucks, yeah, there's, he's there at the moment. But he could score well. Like he's, you know, he's shown some glimpses in the trials. But I'm just, I'm just not convinced he's going to be involved enough. Yeah. And, and that bad draw. Um, the, I mean, both Sloan and Lomax. We talked a little bit about them in previous pods. I, I'm interested in both of them, but I can't do it for either of them. Both for various reasons. Like I think Lomax has probably got a little bit of growth, but. I'm not sure if he gets back to the heights of his 2020 season. Yeah. Um, Sloan is a very kind of exciting player, but does he have a super coach friendly game? It's, it's sort of TBC. I'm very curious about Sloan. Just the um, just having that number one jersey is very tempting. He's quite expensive, not playing for top side, but yeah, the draw puts yeah, me if off. If it comes off, the draw's not good either. Yep. Draw puts me off. Um, but look, it could come off. It could come off. Yeah. I don't. I don't he's, mind that. I'm not going to talk anyone out of that pick. It's. It's. He's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. He's in my squad, and um, just just while we're on it, for the same reasons, um, I've got the hammer as well from the Cowboys, and same problem, right? They're going to be, I think, probably bottom four side. The draw's not that bad, but yeah, I mean, if it comes off. Did you say you do have the hammer? Yeah, I've That's got Sloan and the hammer. And I'm not I'm not confident in either of them. I, don't, I just think the risk yeah. of reward I think is is there. So, for ha- the hammer for me is a perfect example of a guy that you know is a pretty good footy player, but isn't a super coach player. And look, yeah. you only need him to do two big things in a game, and he's going to score you sixties, um, or like you know average sixties, and score you a couple eighties. Um, but he's very lazy. He doesn't get involved enough for me, and. I think with Sloan, it's like I think I've seen enough of the hammer to make that call. I'm confident in that call, and I don't want him for that reason. With Sloan, his base last year was very bad, but I, it's only a very small sample size, so I'm not ready to make that call yet with Sloan, which is why I'm probably more interested in Sloan than I am in the hammer. Yep. Um, yeah. Also, the thing that I was looking for for Sloan in the trials was like, does he have that cutout try assist? Yep. And he does. He's thrown a couple yeah, of really did. nice balls to his winger in the in the trials, and I, I'm still yet to see Hammer do that. Uh, so, yeah, look, I think Sloan's much better than the Hammer, personally. Although, the, the Cowboys have a much better draw. So there's that. Um, what about Jack Bird? Look, yeah, got, don't mind got him. The edge similar com- yeah, similar comments, as I've said a few times. Just these guys at weird prices. I mean... You know, we talk about the four guys around the 350. If I want to save a bit of money, I'm probably going to go for one of them rather than someone like a bird. But I can see the appeal. I, re- I really like him. Um, there's a few drawbacks. Like, he's got a bad injury history. His his scoring didn't go up as much as Aikens did when he moved from centre to, to back row. He seemed to get sort of fewer tackle busts and things like that. So his scoring was a little better in the back row, but not like... Like, Aikens just shot up by, like, 20, 30 points is average, right? It just went through the yep, roof, yep. whereas Birds didn't do that. But, you know, I do like him. I think I think he gets 80. I think he's going to be very involved. He does love a tackle bust. He does love an attacking stat. I can't... Like, he's kind of one of those guys where if I had another two or three spots, he'd be there. But, but you know, as you said, you kind of want to go up to, like, a Crichton or a David Fafita rather than spending 500k on a guy that's sort of 
you know, what's his best case scenario? Six, high sixties average, maybe sixty five. Yeah, and you know, at five hundred grand, I, I want there to be a pretty good chance that he's in my team all year. Yeah. Yep. And he might be. All right. Anything else on the dragons? Um, a few people will be tempted by Sua, but I think he's too expensive to get excited about. No, don't think so. He's never been, never been great in Supercoach. Uh, George Burgess doesn't make the team. Anyone that was interested in him, <laughs> Sully looked amazing in the trials. Oh yeah. He's what's his uh, what's his weight like? Good. He looked fit. I mean, he's you know he's only still like twenty three or something. He, oh yeah, he was so he came young. Onto he came the scene in. so young. I mean, this he could yet turn out to be gone, but it's it's hard to know. Um, you'd be a brave man to pick him. He's still pretty cheap, I think, because he played some bench games. Three sixty six k. He's coming from a top four side into a bottom eight side. Yeah, not that excited. All right. Um. So let's go to the Tiger Storm game. So Tigers, uh, what have we got here? I mean, Roberts and Gildart get the center positions. I don't. Yeah, they're both pass. Yeah, both firm passes. Um, Nofo is comparatively cheap to what he, where he was a couple of years ago, but I haven't seen anything that tells me he's going to be great. And we talked about the Benji factor. It was a lot of it was Benji putting him over for tries. Yeah. Hastings. Um... I noticed Hast. I didn't watch it, but I noticed Hastings kicked one of two tries conversions yeah, in the trial. Yeah, so he didn't kick until Luke Brooks went off. Yeah, that's a pass. Then. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Now, yeah. who knows? Like maybe, maybe just Brooks kicked the first one for some reason. But the information that we have tells me that Brooks is going to be goal kicking, and and for me that makes Hastings a pass. I agree. He's a popular player. People seem to like what they saw in the in the trials. I. 5-8 in a bad team, not got kicking goals. I mean, what, he averaged in the 40s somewhere, probably? He might average 50. Might average 50. Even in, even 50, is that enough? No. I don't think it is either. Um, not with um, not with the two cheap halves we've got. Yeah. And and would you want to play him every week? I don't think so. No. Uh, in the forwards, the, probably the big news is Tuolagi got the spot. And not only did he get the spot... Garner's on the bench, so so in in one way that's bad for him because you think that Garner gives him a spell, but in another way it tells you he's that, so cheap though. Yeah, in another way it tells you that he's got the spot on form. He's cheap enough not to make your squad. You know, you Correct. can just pick him and leave him in the shit. And that's what I think I'm going to do. I think it's even even the fact that he's going to get like maybe 50 minutes or 45, well, surely 50 minutes. I think that's enough. It's 250k. I agree. You don't play him. You just keep him in the shed. Hope he gets a few meat pies and makes some money. Uh, so how long Simpkins got this spot for? Uh, so Little has done his PCL and is out for four to six weeks. So a good month, I think. And has that four to, did that four to six weeks start a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it started as of the last trial, which was a week and a half ago. So he might only be there for two weeks. Three, four. It's not enough at his price anyway. No. Um, Luciano Leilua was probably the most impressive looking guy in the trials. So played a couple of trials against full strength teams and looked fantastic in both of them. Was sort of offloading at will. Uh, he's not for me. I just I've seen him kind of do that in trials before and then not really perform as well as you'd hoped. 
when it comes to the real season. Oh, yeah, the razzle-dazzle with his brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I can't fault it. Like, he is probably an 80-minute back rower that's got a lot of kind of attack about him. You know, if you think that he's going to have a breakout season. He's a sexy pick. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we've talked about Stefano a little bit in the past. I, he doesn't excite me, but he's, I don't think he's a bad pick. I just, you know. I think there's, you know, a little bit of upside, but not enough to get excited about. Yeah, I think he probably averages somewhere between 55 and 60. All right, uh, Storm, big news. Pappenhausen, he's there. He's there. Uh, I think I think, uh, I think he's my round one captain. He could well be my round one captain as well. I haven't thought about that that much. Could also be Tedesco. Um, yeah. Yeah, big news there. I think like him being picked probably puts a line through Turbo for me, as we talked about earlier. If he hadn't been picked, I might think about Turbo. I know, I know a lot of people were thinking about going with like a Gutherson early if Pappenhausen wasn't named, but yep. for me, very hard to go past Pappenhausen and Teddy at their relative prices, and that's what yep. I'll be doing. Um, Coates is a very popular pick. What are your thoughts on him? I think he's a round four pickup if you like him. They got those two tough games, or round five, whenever it is. I mean, he's not. I just, I just can't see myself playing him in those, in those tough games, and he's too expensive to be sitting in the sheds at this time of year. Agree, agree. Are you a monster guy? Pick monster and keep yeah. him in the shed for a week. No, not in this. Not I wouldn't keep him in the sheds for a week, especially because they, when he comes back, they've got tough games. Um, but I do like Munster for similar reasons that I like Moses. You know, we had that record-breaking season. And, you know, Munster's scores went up, but they didn't go up as much as others. So I think he probably regresses less than others. So, yeah, I like Munster. If he was playing round one, there'd be a good chance he'd be on my side. He's very fit. He's lost a lot of weight, and he looks very fit. He looks pretty good. Oh, he's, he's off the piss, isn't he's he? He's off the piss and the, uh, yeah. the other stuff. Um, oh, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I have to say I don't really get the hype. With Munster, like I don't again, I don't think he's a bad pick, but like some people are thinking he's going to have some breakout season. My issue with the Storm is that they were probably like they were the number one beneficiary of the rules last year. They had they scored the most points. They scored eight hundred fifteen points last year. Yeah, and everyone's assuming that that pie is going to shrink, that there's going to be less pie to go around, like the scoring will come down, and they've got at least four guys, maybe five if you include Brandon Smith. They're going to take pieces of that pie. Yeah, there's a lot of mouths. A lot of mouths to feed. You think that Pappy's going to get the most most try assists out of anyone? I I don't necessarily see where the points uptick comes from. Yeah. If he if he comes back and squeezes out a couple of sixties in those two hard games, I'd, I'd be pretty confident picking him. His his base is very high. Look, he's he's super consistent, right? So you can kind of yeah. I I don't think he regresses as you say much if it, if at all. Like, you know, I. I I'd back him in for a 70 average and he's priced at 74. So that's fine. You can pick him. You can just hold him all year. Um, the other thing that makes it maybe more interesting in a way is that there was a lot of question marks over what Cody Walker would do without Reynolds. In the charity shield, Cody Walker looked amazing. He was kind of, he was actually more involved. He was playing both sides of the field. He scored like 100 points in the charity shield. Um now, I'm not going to pick Cody Walker because they've got a terrible draw and I just want to see how everything kind of pro- 
plays out with Reynolds not being there and see what happens when Latrell comes back and all the rest of it. But what it does do for me is, is tell me that maybe Munster isn't the number one 5'8". I think a lot of people yeah. are assuming he's the number one 5'8", so you kind of stash him there for round one and then you just hold him. I think I'll be targeting Walker rather than Munster. I think I think yeah. Walker might be the number one. Yeah, well, I'm very keen to pick up probably one of those guys, you know, round four, five, six, maybe, depending on how long it takes me to scratch up, you know, three, four hundred grand. Yep. Um, if you're looking for a halfback, you could do a lot worse than Jerome Hughes. Jerome Hughes looked really good in the trial. I think he's the kind of player that's just getting better every year. Yeah, he seems to be continually improving, right? Yeah, and, he's, better and better. his kicking game is just getting better and better. He gets that first game, at least, against the Tigers with no monster there, so he should be the number one guy, and no no uh, Harry Grant either. Um, so he could he could put up a big score in that first game. And the thing I like about him is he's got that really good running game. So, like, you know, even if nothing's on, he'll just step inside and go himself, and he's quick, so he can score a lot of tries himself. People, people are saying he's had, he had a career year last year, which is true, and, the, you know, the same thing applies to him that applies to Munster and that there's a lot of mouths to feed, but I don't know. I, I kind of like Hughes. I think he could do a lot yeah. worse. I like Hughes. I think the draw is just a bit too tight early on. Mm. Yep. Round one round one helps. You know, he could score 130, 140, but before I saw, the, next, the next game is a bit tough. Before I saw how good Hines looked, in the trials and the fact that he was goal kicking and all that, I I had Hughes kind of penciled in if it wasn't going to be Cleary. I I put Hines ahead of him now, just because of all those those factors and the fact that they've probably got a better draw early. But um, yeah, I like Hughes. Uh, in the forwards, what have we got? Um, Josh King gets the the lock spot, but my assumption is that Smith will get that as soon as Grant is back in round two and Josh King goes to the bench. Having said yep. that, at two hundred forty-five k. Could be worth a shot. Yeah, and he's, you know, is he the next man in? Maybe. Like, he's not a bad insurance policy. Like you know, if someone... Solomon is not going to play big minutes, right? No, you wouldn't think so. Um, and Bromwich these days isn't playing big minutes either. So I think you can probably pencil him in for sort of 35 to 40 minutes. Yeah. So I don't mind Josh King. I think his, his competition is maybe JTB, who's like 30k more expensive. Yeah, oh, look, I think he's a good... If you're carrying Bullimore, he's a good insurance policy. He's not as good insurance, but if he can, you know, jag a starting spot every couple of weeks, um, he could, yeah, he could do pretty well. And, you know, Harry Grant could put him through for a try. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, anything else on the, on the Storm? No, just that Jack Howarth is probably one of the more popular non-playing guys, which I don't mind. I'm probably running a 25-man squad this year, but he could, you know, he could feature at some point. So it is interesting because I don't know if they've got any injuries or anything, but he looks like he might be next man up in the centres. Yeah, exactly. So you get a storm centre in your in your second row. Yeah, and also. He could become dual if he does get a few games in the centres. Yep. So the fact that he's named in the extended reserves at 20 makes me think that he's not the worst pick if you want to put in a, a non-player there. That gives me a bit of hope that maybe he gets a shot. Yep. The only other guy I can think of is um is Sebi, maybe that's ahead of him. And he's not... I don't know if he's injured or anything, but he doesn't seem to be around. 
So, yeah, maybe Howarth is a decent kind of placeholder. Yeah, I don't mind him. If you need, you know, if you need 30 grand to improve your team, Howarth instead of a Momacier or something like that. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. Yep. I'm probably looking, it sort of depends what I do with AFB, but I'm, pro I'm definitely think I'm going to have one NPR. The oh, question yep. is whether I have two. Yep. Um, but if I have one, it could be could be hold. Uh, all right. Eels and Titans. So, Sean Russell gets the left wing spot at the Eels, and Penasini has, has has won the centre spot. I've got both of them in my side at the moment. Um, yep. What do you think about them? Yep, me too. Um... I think the Eels are a top eight side, maybe even a top four side. Sean Russell, definitely. Pensini, oh, don't love a centre, but he's just so cheap. Um, I think the you know the, the kind of top eight side thing gets me over the line with him. Yep. So Russell's got Sebo's um, wing, which Gutherson just feeds that wing. Yep. Uh, so I think... I think Russell's a great pick. He's going. I reckon he might go under the radar a bit because he's got that slightly awkward price to eighty k. Um, but you know, I mean, put it this way: Sebo had terrible base last year and still averaged fifty five. Yeah. Oh, plus their opening draw is pretty good. It's really I good. I mean, I'll be I'll be playing him most weeks. Yeah, I reckon I'm I'm playing him round one, hundred percent. Yep. Against yep. the Titans, I I almost expect him to get a meat pie. Hmm. Um, and it's also in terms of like like we talked about Charlie Staines. The other winger is Bailey Simonson, so it's not as if like he's got some you know big base stat winger to compete with. So you'd think he's got to take a fair few runs as well. Yep. So yep. yeah, I really like him. Penasini, I think he's cheap enough that you just get him in there. Yep. Um, probably my biggest takeaway from the trials was Dylan Brown. Oh yeah. So Dylan, you love Dylan Brown. I love Dylan Brown. I, you try to start with Dylan Brown every year. I try to start with Dylan Brown every year, and I've I've talked myself out of it. Um, every year. Is this, the, is this the year? This is the year. Oh, he's cool. in. He's in. So a few things. Number one, he's moved back to the left where he averaged like 63 the year before or 64 and he's priced at oh, yeah. 53. Oh. So if he can just replicate that, that's a 10-point bump. He looks massive. Like people forget that he's, he's only 21. So he's still yeah, kind of, you know, maturing into his body and he's he just looks very athletic. Um, and he was, he was busting tackles pretty easily from what I saw. They have that great draw. I I really like him. And we said before he's got amazing base for a half. He's he's got the highest base of any half at thirty seven. So he doesn't need much. So like you know we talk about that he's got a bad game in round three against the Storm. What's going to happen in that bad game? He's going to score thirty five or forty. Like that's fine. You know for a half. So and that's assuming he gets no attacking stats, which maybe he does. So. I like him as a sort of first five or six round pick and then trying to get in, turn him into Cody Walker around that time. Look, I'm doing the same thing. He's not one of the guys I've been thinking about, but I like it. I mean, there is a, I guess the counter argument for him is that Gutho and Moses sort of take all the attacking stats. It's just a similar sort of argument, I guess, for, you know, the, the argument I made for Munster or against Munster. But I just think that his attack was so low last year that it won't, won't take much for him to kind of average 60-plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in the forwards, I mean, you talked about Mitchell Moses. I don't mind him as a pick. I, I, 
I don't love it, but I can see it, and he might come out firing, so that's fine. In the forwards, so the the most interesting thing here is the makeup of the bench, right? Because Reed Marnie, like, does Jake Arthur come on and play nine, or does Reed Marnie play eighty? Mm. Yep. How's how big is Jake Arthur? He's not the I'm, I'm asking that in relation to the mobile number 13 role. I don't know. Is it big enough to be a mobile number 13? I actually have no idea. And I don't know what Jake Ray Stone's role will be either. Like, I would have thought Ray Stone is probably the guy that comes on at 13. Uh, with the other two just out and out props. And then, and maybe Ray Stone can play in the back row at a pinch as well. Yeah. Maybe Arthur doesn't come on at all. Maybe Arthur doesn't come on at all. Maybe he gets 10 minutes at, at, at hooker and halves cover. Maybe it changes. You know, Nathan Brown's in the 18. Maybe maybe Nathan Brown comes in. Bryce Cartwright, one of those guys. Might, might, I mean, Mitch Rain might come in. I th- so the thing for... If Reed Marnie... If I knew Reed Marnie was locked in for 80, I think it becomes a very interesting conversation between him and Harry Grant. Oh, 100%. Um, I, he was he was the major beneficiary of the Eels' hot start last he year. He was, he was, and because Grant misses round one, and then Grant will miss a few games over Origin as well. I've worked out like my rough calculation was that Grant would have to average about ten points more than Marnie to to match him in points in terms of what you're going to get, and that even accounts for like you know the forty point guy you're going to throw in when when you can't play Grant. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like when you start thinking about that, and you're like, okay, Reed Marnie's going to play eighty. But if Reed Marnie's going to play eighty, he's got that good draw. You know, what's he going to average over that period? Maybe he averages seventy. That means that Grant has to average eighty to to be better than him, and maybe he does. Yeah, I think I mean he definitely could. Um, I don't think he does in those first two weeks after he comes back though. Yeah, but then when do you make that change if you start with money? Well, you wouldn't. You're stuck. You're committed. You're committed, aren't you? Yep. So I think I'm just going to go with Grant and assume that he's the best player in the position and and go from there. I I can't trust that bench to know that money is going to get 80 every week. Yep. And I think he needs that to be relevant. So Yeah, whereas with Grant, I mean, as long as he gets at least 60... Yeah, it's I, completely I, different. Surely Grant gets sixty-five plus. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get sixty-five plus this year. And and that's all he needs. Um, a few more interesting things about that that forward pack: Madison at thirteen with with Nathan Brown in the extended bench. For me, yeah, that kills Madison's... kills him. Yeah, I think he's bench right when Brown comes back. I think Madison's bench. Yeah. No. I think either Papa Lee or Lane goes to the bench and he goes back to the back row. I don't know. I think he was a bench guy at the end of the year last year. Either way, it's not good. Like, at that price, I want him to be playing 80, in, 80 on the edge and I want to be sure about it, and I can't be sure about that. Yeah. And I don't think, like, even if he gets 60 in the middle, I don't think that's enough. To be honest. I think he just gets 60 points in that time. Uh, Papa Lee, I think, is overpriced. Sean Lane was actually tearing it up in the trials. Um, yeah, look, I don't mind Sean Lane as a bit of a uh, like a hedge on the Eels draw. So I was saying before, Kickout, Kickout, and Hudson Young scored a lot of tries in the first few games with the early draw last year. 
That could be Sean Lane this year. This could be. He, he, look, if it wasn't for his name, if I'd never seen him play before and <laughs> I was watching those trials, I would pick him. I would be like, who is this guy? I want him in my team. But it's just his history. He was pretty average last year that turns me off. Um, Junior Paulo is another one of these props that is kind of interesting. Like, he started like a house on fire last year, and then he, I think he got sort of a rib injury and kind of went absolutely to pieces. If, if he's... Well, the other, the other interesting thing is they were, he was getting 20 minutes coming off for 10, going on for 10, having the halftime break, staying on for 10, going off for 10, and then playing another mm. 20. So he was getting 60 minutes with lots of breathers in those first few games. The other thing is that they, then... they had a four-forward bench because Marnie was playing eight, and now they've got Jake Arthur on the bench if he stays there. Yeah. Uh, and I think the game being a bit slower will help him. It should, yeah, definitely. So I actually don't mind Junior Paulo, but a lot of people... Well, it should help all the forwards, right? Theoretically, yeah. I don't mind Paulo. Yeah, he's a bit, little bit cheaper than Fenua Blake. It's, it is hard to know what his minutes are going to look like, and that's the key thing, but you can take a punt on him. He does have a bit of attack in his game. All right, uh, I think that's done for the Eels. Titans. Um, what have we got here? Sexton. Sexy Sexton. I mean, we knew he was going to get that spot. He gets it. He'll goal kick. He's interesting. People need a cheap. If, if, if you know, if you want a cheap half for, for your Cleary money, you could do worse. I've no, I've no issue with him. I'm not picking him, but I think he could be good again, especially if you've got that. Same plan as, you know, holding a half for four or five weeks and then upgrading to one of the halves from the top four sides. My only issue with him is, like, to what extent is he going to, like, will he ever get, like, a 100-plus game? I mean, maybe mm. he does. If he can go over for a meat pie and kick six or seven goals in a game, they've got a pretty good draw, but it's just hard to know. I think I, I sort of see a lot of 40s and 50s in his future, um, which might mean that he doesn't make a whole lot of money. Uh, but, I, you look... It's hard to know with him. We just haven't seen enough. Uh, in the forwards, so Bo Firma starts. We've got Kevin Proctor on the bench. Some people are saying Kevin Proctor will rotate through the middle now and he's kind of his edge days are over. And maybe Bo Firma okay. and Fafita both get 80. I can see that. I can see that, but I don't want to bet on it, particularly given this last, two other last year. There. Last year, he kind of played 25 minutes on the edge and then shifted in when Fafita mm. came on the second half of the year. So I get it. Look, if, if we see that Firma's playing 80, I'll probably get him. But I want to see it. Uh, Fafita, on the other hand, I I just don't like not having him, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and, and because yeah, his minutes were like in the 60s last year and there's, there's a decent chance he plays 80, I think you just get him. Yeah, I've got him. And he's possibly my ticket to... Um, gun halves in round five or six whenever they draw Titans up. Yeah, I can you know, see that. Could, I talked about yeah. that last week. Yeah, so you free up 400 grand by trading him out and then upgrade both halves. Yep. Yep. And then maybe get him back when, when their draw eases up a bit. Yep. Yep. Uh, not much else to talk about there. I've seen Tino in a few sides. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't really get that. I don't. I mean, he's still young, so maybe he's going to improve, but he didn't have a very super coach-friendly game last year. Not many offloads, not many attacking stats, lots of missed tackles. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's become a captain. Doesn't get you any points. Yeah. All right. Um, just got one game to go now. I think that's that's it for the Titans, right? Yep. Well, I mean, you might be. You know, you could you could throw a dart at Jaden Campbell, but with Tedesco and and Pappenhausen both named, I just can't see the merit in it. No, I can't either. Can't either. Okay. Uh, Lissoni is bottom bottom price, like he's two hundred k, but I I would avoid Lissoni. Um. All right. So the Cowboys and the Bulldogs. So we talked a bit about the hammer. Um, pick him in the centers. It's not for me, but I get I get it. Uh, I don't think there's much else of relevance in the back line. Can't see anyone. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the back row. The whole back row. <sighs> yeah, the whole back row. So we've got Lukey, Nanai, Talmolo, Tanua Brown. These are all guys of interest, I think, to super coach. I I don't know what to say. Like like, how do you pick between Lukey and Nanai? If you, yeah. or do you pick both? Pick. Pick the more expensive one, pick both. I mean, it really depends. You know, like if you're starting with Turbo, you might need all those mid-price guys. If you're not starting with Turbo, you might not need any of them. But, you know, I, I mean, I can't fault anyone for taking both of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tamalolo's not going to play 80. Cotter, Cotter looks like he's, um, you know, hooker coverage. So there hooker. could be three middle forwards on the bench. I, th- no, I don't think so. I think probably done plays a bit of back row. Mm-hmm. So I think one of them will get a break, or both of them, but I don't know which one. Yeah, so, and someone in the backs could go off, and sure. they all get good minutes. That's true, too. Um, to know what Brown's starting is really interesting. I had no interest in him, and I saw people getting interested in him, because I just assumed McLean would start. But here he is starting. Uh, he's priced at, like, 31 points a game in, like, 30-odd mm-hmm. minutes. Do you think he can squeeze out 50? No. Or at least I wouldn't be buying him on the expectation that he is going to. Yeah. My expectation is that he plays somewhere between 45, 40 and 45 minutes and he scores somewhere between 40 and 45 points. That's still a like yeah. 10 to 14 point bump. Yeah, but he's going to be annoying from about round six onwards. He's going to be, if he's your second best, if he's in your run on side and he's scoring 45 points... He's not going to be bad enough to trade out, but he's, yeah, he's going to be. The thing about 50. him is that he passed the eye test for me. So I watched the trial, and he looked surprisingly good. And it seems like Peyton loves him. Yeah. And so. Well, if he can, fifty, I think. I think. I mean, the decision for me is between Bullimore and, and JTB. And if I thought JTB can average fifty, I'm probably okay to hold him up to Origin. And then I don't have to play shenanigans with Bullimore. I think the only way he averages 50 is if he somehow gets a try in one of those games. Mm. I, I think with his base, he's going to be in low 40s. Um, and I don't think you want to be betting on him to score a try. Having said that, I, I still might have him, as I said, as a sort of insurance policy for Bullimore. Yep. I kind of liked what I saw, just as I said in the eye test. He's not going to do anything amazing, but you know, if you can get a guy like him and he's going to give you 43... For 270k versus 59 from 500k at B. Well, there's definitely value there. It's just if he only gets you to low 40s, he's you're going to be you know every week you're going to be logging in on Tuesday thinking how do I get rid of this guy? Yeah, 
Yep. Okay, Tamalolo, any interest? <laughs> yeah. I mean, last year, I think Peyton or one of the coaches came out and said, we're cutting his minutes, so we didn't pick him, and that turned out well. And the assistant coach has come out saying he's playing big minutes. So you know, part of that tempts me. Um, what doesn't tempt me is the game, even if the game slows down a little bit, it's still sped up a lot from two years ago. And, you know, he just doesn't, I'm not sure he's the same force that he once was. I'm, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. I'm just not sure he's the player that he was before. So even a few extra minutes, I'm not sure how much that gets him. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to, to the dogs. Um, I don't think there's too much of interest in the back line. Braden Burns gets the spot in the centres. I wouldn't go anywhere near him. Their draw's just too tough after the first couple of weeks. Yeah, draw's, Can't do draw's it. pretty bad. Um, we talked about the Luke Thompson and Tafita Pango Jr. They're both kind of risky, interesting picks. Um, I liked what I saw with Luke Thompson, as I said, but yep. Don't, yeah. What about Hetherington, that second prop? No, don't go near him. <laughs> He's awful. Uh, Max King is on the bench. Max King is currently on my side. I can see that with... Like, I think he's the third prop there. Um, I th- I, like, he's basically bottom dollar. You know, if you can get me 30s, that's probably fine for that price. Yep. So, yeah, he's a decent option. And if there's any injury or, you know, Luke Thompson gets suspended like he usually does, he probably goes, he probably starts and suddenly gets 45 minutes. So, yep, he's in my squad too. Yep. All right. Well, that's, that's takes us through the team lists. Um, is there anything else we, we need to go through? I mean, you talked about captaincy. Uh, it's probably one of the fullbacks with no Cleary around, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you. If you're carrying Turbo, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be tempted to captain him unless the weather is dreadful. Um, if you're not, both of the others are great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Um, so I think, you know, we've been through every team. We've probably talked, I hope, I hope we've talked you through kind of which cheapies we like the look of. Uh, I think you kind of build your side from there. Think about which guns you want. Um, that's the way to do it. I wouldn't be going like if ideally you can get at least twenty four people that are going to play. If you have to have one NPR, I think that's okay to, to really strengthen your seventeen, but probably not more than one. Ideally, you're you're going to try and have twenty five starters, are you? Yeah, and um, I'm probably going to stack the pack. I'm going to build my team like it's two thousand eighteen. Um, just because I think, you know, I think people are going to get attracted by the massive scores from the from the wingers and fullbacks last year, and I'm basically, I'm going to try to cut against that grain and see if see if it pulls, see if I can pull it off. Yeah, I think people are overcorrecting. I hear all these people talk about our oh, ceiling players all the time, and I sort of get it, but I kind of think you missed the boat. I, I think kind of think that was last year's strategy, and and you've got to adapt to what this year's strategy is going to be. Um, and I think like ceiling's obviously great, but they've got to be consistent scorers. Yep. All right. Um, so we'll, so we'll wrap it up. One thing I want to talk about is we have another overall group this year. Um, so the overall group code is 
114781. So jump in there. Um, I'm going to open up another head-to-head league as well. Um, so I'll put that up on on Twitter. So have a look on Twitter at Searching Corey. Follow us on Twitter. We'll come up with some prizes for those leagues as well um, to make it a bit more enticing. I don't know what that's going to be. Got any ideas, Beaver? Prizes? Yeah, prizes for people winning the, the leagues. <sighs> Searching Corey t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to make I'll some. Make some t-shirts. Uh, yeah, we'll get back to you on that one. Um, other than that, good luck. Uh, tweak your teams until Thursday night. <laughs> and um, uh, we'll do another show next week. Good luck, Costa. Thanks, Beaver. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure. All right. See you, mate. Thanks. Bye.